In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, those of you who have attended a number of Lutheran funerals may recognize that John 14 is by far the most common gospel text that gets preached in funerals. And that makes sense. Because in the times that we have of sorrow, we can truly consider Jesus' words of comfort in verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. That word troubled, the Greek word for that word troubled is the word terasso, and it literally means to be stirred up. And it's an image, it's a picture of that word that conjures up calm water that gets agitated by some outside force. To be troubled or to be stirred up is to be like a still pond that has a rock thrown into it. It is to be an otherwise placid lake disturbed by the strong winds of a thunderstorm. Sometimes this word is even used politically. It's used when a community is getting along fine, but then someone from the outside comes and disturbs the peace. And so that word terrasso, that word troubled, it's always a picture of some external thing that comes and stirs you up to try to take you out of the peace that you have. And so it makes sense that we would connect this verse, especially with funerals, because nothing will trouble us like the death of someone close to us. Nothing else that happens externally will make us question our life, question what we think we know about God, question the future, question what it means to grieve, to feel the pain of loss, even question what it will mean for us to die. And so when we do find ourselves troubled, stirred up, Jesus' sermon in John 14 becomes essential for us to hold on to. But what Jesus is going to tell us in this chapter is that he has come to take the power away from that which troubles us. In fact, Jesus becomes troubled himself so that we can become peaceful and certain and placid. John 14, as you might know, is Jesus' last sermon to his disciples on the night in which he is betrayed. The hour of Jesus' passion has come, and these are the words he wants the disciples to hear before everything unfolds. If we go back to the beginning of that day in John chapter 12, we see a picture of Jesus' prayer to the Father as Jesus considers what he has come to do. In John 12, 27, Jesus prays like this, Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it is for this reason I have come to this hour. Jesus prays that he is troubled. In other words, Jesus here is saying that he has come himself to be troubled. Jesus is allowing himself to be troubled. Jesus, of course, does not have to be troubled. He's the perfect son of God. He is the Lord Almighty. Everything is at the command of his word. External forces that cause chaos and trouble have no real authority over him. But Jesus becomes flesh. He chooses the virgin's womb. He's born in Bethlehem. He lives as a man precisely so that he would become troubled. And Jesus becomes troubled with our sins and with the consequences of our sins. Jesus is taking on death itself. He suffers a betrayal, an arrest, a humiliation, pain, death, 
And all of this is only fitting of the worst of sinners. And Jesus does this so that he can say to you, and so your hearts can know with confidence that it's true, when he says, let not your hearts be troubled. He can say that to his disciples. He can say that to you because he himself became troubled on the cross for you. All of that which truly agitates your hearts, that's sin, death, and the devil, Jesus deals with in his death and resurrection. And so Christ not only knows your troubles, he bore them on his own shoulders. He is indeed an empathetic listening ear when we feel troubled. But more than that, Jesus comes to us as one who has overcome the true pain of our troubles. He is more than a counselor who can listen to our problems, but has no power to overcome them. Jesus is both the one who knows our burdens and the one who bears them for us. In John 14, the way Jesus talks about this is that he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. This verse is often misunderstood. Sometimes it's understood to describe the present in the sense that Jesus is now absent from us, but will someday come back and take us to a heaven that he has prepared. But that's not what he's saying here. First, because he's not absent from us. He's very much present with us. He gives us his word and sacrament so that we know he is present. However, what Jesus is getting at, what he's telling his disciples, is that he is going to prepare a place for them on the cross. Jesus prepares a place for them in his death, and he comes back to them in his resurrection. And in his resurrection, the disciples are eternally united to him. They're eternally identified with him. And so nothing can separate Jesus' disciples from him. All that troubles the world, he overcame. And there is the gospel of comfort for you also. Jesus has prepared a place for you, and he did it on the cross. In other words, where is the shelter in the storms of your life? Well, the shelter is the death and resurrection of Christ. Because it is in the death and resurrection of Christ where all that truly troubles us is defeated. It all dies with Christ. Sin is buried with him. The power of the devil is taken away. And death itself loses its true sting. Christ is the place where your troubled heart has peace. In verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, what great comfort these words are meant to be. Because you don't have to find your own way through the troubles of this life. Christ is the way for you. You don't have to pretend to be strong when the world weighs you down. Christ is your strength. You don't have to search for meaning in life because Christ is the meaning of your life. He is the truth. You don't have to worry about wasting your life because Christ is the meaning of your life. You don't have to fear death because Christ has died in your place. And now he is your life. In verse 1, Jesus says, Believe in God, believe also in me. That's a fine way to translate the verse, but I think it's inadequate. I think a better translation is trust in God, 
Trust also in me. Because that's where our true certainty comes from. We get to trust that Christ has accomplished everything for us. And the great thing is that Christ gives us this trust in his word. We don't have to try to figure this out on our own. We don't have to puzzle over our faith. We don't have to puzzle over what troubles us in this life because Christ gives us a promise. He says, I have prepared a place for you. It is accomplished. And so to believe in God is simply to receive that promise. Jesus has done it all for you. And so now in your life, you will undoubtedly have a troubled heart. You will struggle with so much in this life, with anxieties, with grief, with pain, with uncertainty. But Christ wants you to return over and over to his word. He has prepared a place for you. He is the way for you. Receive his promise, receive his word, and do not be troubled. Amen.